Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Mackin Abdallah. Live from the old National Bank Studio, WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Movie hot takes. I, they're not hot takes. They're true. Those are extremely molten hot takes. Uh, I'm sorry. We not got the whole off season uh, to have these hot takes, guys. It's Bears season. Oh, we got a lot of Bears <laughs> phone calls write here. These down, write these hot takes down for uh, for mm, June. I'm sorry. Uh, Shawshank Redemption doesn't do it for me. Not interested. You guys will be talking baseball in June. No, we won't. But thank you. Thank you for the suggestion. Coming up in five minutes, Connor McKnight with your pregame. Now that'll, it's time for the song of the night. The White Sox play tonight. That will be that will be our conversation about baseball. <laughs> Trying to keep people listening. Well, it's true. We talk football. We do we talk NBA. We talk baseball. We talk things that people want to debate. Give me okay. Give me the topic in baseball. You want to debate baseball? Give right me a baseball now, there's nothing. Topic. The stove is cold. That's man. what I'm talking about. It's a freezing cold, it's cold. stove. It's colder than the streets More right people now. People talk about the hot stove than anything ever happens with the hot stove. Chris, people you know, just say we're happy that it's hot stove time. You know what the stove needs? Some mobile warming by Fieldshare. Head to Fieldshare.com and get 25 percent off. Hot stove. <laughs> Use promo code ESPN25 and get free two-day shipping right now if you order today. Free two-day shipping from FieldShear.com. Use promo code ESPN25. How about that? Now, Kevin Zipak with the baseball topic of the day. Kevin, your thoughts? The Yankees have signed another Jeter. Don't read me transactional things. Don't go through the baseball transactions and just like it's like <laughs> going it's, through them. Like you it's a topic. Right. Like now, it's a topic. I gave you now, one right off yeah. the top. Now we go to Kevin Zipak with some more baseball thoughts. with uh, Japanese closer. It's uh, Yuki Matsui. Padres adding a left-handed arm to their bullpen. How do you, how do you, uh, how do you play last year? Is he good? He was really good last year. Okay. Yeah. What's he got, a slider? A, a sweeper. That's what all the, the guys sweeper. are throwing Everybody's now. got a sweeper Everybody's now. Everybody's got a sweeper. Everybody's got a sweeper now. Of course. Yeah. And you want more? What's We're the going around the diamond. Yeah, yes. yeah that's first base. Give me, uh, give me, that's a single. Give me your double. I'm, I'm plumb out. What about Bellinger? We got any Bellinger news? Belly? Uh, he's still a cool, chill guy. He's still a cool, chill guy? Yeah. All right. What about Yamamoto? We got any Yamamoto news? I could name you some teams that could use them. Nope. That doesn't count. I want news. There's no well, there news. It is. I can't There's manufacture your, uh, news. Yeah, there. Sure, hot stove update. Well, that's our sound. It's a We're going to be on tomorrow. Oh, I know. That's what you say. It's it's in my head now. Well, it's Play it. It's like... We'll be back tomorrow, 6 o'clock, You've right here on uh, ESPN 1000. He Pav- Pavloved he, yeah, you. he Pavloved me. That's the point. Yeah. All That's right. what we do. People. James in Oaklawn, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, James. Hey, guys. This is James. Hey, I wanted to call in and talk about Home Alone 2 real fast. Go ahead. So, uh, you guys are right. Home Alone 1 is the best. Sure. But Home, Home Alone 2... Uh, before I left to, uh, Navy boot camp, me and my brother left on the same day. Uh, our last toast at the bar 
was to Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. To me, it's a, it's a, I'm not saying it's more fun. There's just more like fun, quirky parts in it for me. But Home Alone 1 is the better classic movie. And he agrees. <laughs> there you go. That's fantastic. <laughs> Let's go to Kelly in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Kelly? Yeah, how you guys doing? Just had a question for you. Um, I've been a Bears fan for almost 40 years, yeah. and all I've seen was quarterbacks just coming and going, coming and going. And I'm just trying to figure out when this organization plans on spending and allocating resources and funds to the offensive side of the ball. I mean, even Poles has spent the last few years boasting up the defense, paying defensive guys. But you've got these quarterbacks that come out of college expecting some structure and some way to continue their careers, and all they get is dysfunction, and no one ever gets developed. So I just want to um, ask you guys what you guys thought. Sure, yeah. Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. I think now you're seeing it. I think that you know all the talk when Ryan Bowles got, Poles got here was, let's build this thing the right way. And I think that they have, right? I think that they've revamped the offensive line. The offensive line now, besides the center position, you might need a uh, you might need a left tackle, left guard, something like that. But right now, the offensive line is the best it's been in years, right? For this team, you're definitely going to need a center. And he he his first pick in the draft this year was a right tackle. So you've shored that up. You made the trade for the Panthers for with them with the number one pick. The sticking point was getting DJ Moore was adding that weapon for Justin Fields. I mean, to me, Cole Komet has improved. He can't break a tackle to save his life, but he can catch pretty much anything thrown his way. So I like Cole Komet. I think that you'll see in the draft this year that they draft a true another true number one wide receiver and try to create a uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase situation like they have in Cincinnati. I think that's there. And I think once you establish that, like they have... Then the quarterback has stability. I think that this is the first time in a while that this Bears offense has truly been starting to move in the right direction and be built, quote, the right way. The original premise of the call, I disagree with. I think Poles is trying to build up both at the same time, offense and defense. Yeah, yeah. he goes out and, and trades for Montez Sweat. He signs a couple linebackers. He drafts a corner. Offensively, he spent his first pick of the draft on an offensive lineman. He traded for a stellar wide receiver. He paid Cole Komet. He's doing both. Yeah. So, like, to say he only focused on building up the defense, he paid Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet got a new contract. Yeah. Is he living up to what he should probably be uh, doing? I don't know. Is, I think he's fine. He's fine. He should probably be producing a little bit more. I think he makes a little bit more. I think he makes plays when they need him to. And he drafted an offensive lineman, Darnell Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so you're, he's building up both. It's I'll just, say this. When we, before the season started, we, we were talking about three guys, right, that he should give extensions to. Jalen Johnson, uh, Darnell Mooney, and Cole Komet. They got the Komet deal done. They'll probably get Jalen Johnson done. I'm glad they didn't re-sign Mooney. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, so, I mean, he's making decent decisions financially i think that they'll add to the uh to the offense even more in the draft with another offensive lineman and with uh a wide receiver pete northbound 35 you're on espn 1000 what's up pete yeah uh first off national lampoon 
Christmas Vacation is a lot better than Home Alone 2. A lot better? Mm. By well, how much? Give a percentile. Uh, 70 to 40. Wow. Whoa. See, okay. as a, uh, I, I might is be there, right. As far as the classic Christmas movies go, it is probably my least favorite. What? Yeah, it is. You have you no can soul. laugh the whole oh. movie through. I'm also Muslim. It's great. I'm also, I'll, I'll play the Muslim card. <laughs> Was that uh, a Chevy and Chase slide? Uh, no. Then my I'm, original I'm call is, I don't know. so with the draft, I do believe we got to trust in Ryan. Um, with the two picks and or getting rid of Fields. Fields, i seen today, they projected a number two this year and number two next year. I don't know if that's enough. It depends on what you do this year. But this year you need at least a center, another offensive lineman, and a defensive lineman. And... Whether you trade the one or five, you know, that you got to see what's out there. You got to see what people are willing to give up. But um, if you can get something decent for Fields, you know, I, I'm a Fields fan and I would keep him. We do need to draft a quarterback, whether it's to just upgrade on the number three. I mean, I think Tyson showed he could be good, but if he's number three, then, hey, we're a lot better there. But, um, And then, of course, you know, you guys were talking that we do offense, defense, whatever, I think, you mm-hmm. know, with them first couple picks, you know, we got to get the big four then, and then the rest of the picks you just supplement and get depth. And I'll hang up and listen to what your opinion is. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you. We go to Anthony in Dallas. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Anthony? Hey, what's up, guys? I just had a, um, I just had a few thoughts um, about the state of the Bears, and I want to get your opinion. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, this is the first year of um, of the rebuild. Five and nine, ideally, is not where you know we'd all want to be as Bears fans. But again, it is the first year of a rebuild. Um, let's say we win two of the next three. That puts us at what seven and ten. We could have potentially won um, two, three more. That that would have put us at nine wins, you know, give or take. In the first year of a rebuild, I think that's pretty good direction. Um, I think at some point you have to have some sustained stability in the organization. So I think you have to keep Justin. I think. Uh, Flus has done enough if we win seven, eight games to keep his job. Um, I think Getsy needs to go, even though it's not ideal, to give Justin his third offensive coordinator in uh, three years. I think um, Poe's direction has been pretty clear. He has, you know, we, we absolutely had to take a right tackle last year because we were so deficient there. And uh, getting DJ Moore was for sure paramount. But I think. Um, what he's done overall in, you know, free agency in the draft, he's really attacked the defense. And, you know, it's clear to see with how the defense has been playing this season, especially the last five games. So what I say is we trade out of that first pick. Um, we get, you know, hopefully even more of a haul than we got last year because somebody is going to want Caleb Williams, you know, uh, in super bad. 
and uh, I think that we attack the offense this year. And at the end, we have a bunch of cap space. And so we build there, bringing off a defensive coordinator, you know, hopefully to have some familiarity with Justin so he isn't just learning a completely new system. And I think we're ready to go. What's your guys' thoughts? Not a bad idea. I, I think there is an opportunity to spend some money and yeah. in the draft to really upgrade this team. I don't think they're that far off. No, I think you need some offensive linemen. I think that if you're – I've – I wouldn't take an offensive lineman in the first round. That's just me because I think you can get like let's assume, like let's just say they're keeping fields, right? Assume they're keeping fields. You trade back, you get a, a wide receiver, whether it's Marvin Harrison Jr. if he's there, if not Malik Neighbors, whatever. I want an edge rusher with that second pick, whether it's Dallas Turner, whether it's Jared Verse, whoever it is. I want a pass rusher there. Like I want a young, cheap, effective pass rusher that's going to be on this team for a while on the other side of Montez Sweat, right? Because I don't know if they're going to re-sign Yannick Ngakwe or not, but I want someone there. I trust Ryan Poles to get linemen. I think he can pick up a center in the third or fourth round. You can pick up another guard or tackle if you need to. If you recoup uh, your second round pick, you can do that. I want that difference-making pass rusher in the first round. So if I'm Ryan Poles and you do keep Justin Fields, I'm going offense-defense in the first round, and I'm getting a a stud-wide receiver, another number-one wide receiver for Fields, and I'm also adding to the pass rush because if we assume they're keeping Fields, they're probably keeping uh, Matt Eberflus, and we've seen how good this defense can be when you have two solid pass rushers. When I say they're not that far off, like I still hold the opinion from like three weeks ago that if you bring Jim Harbaugh in here to be the head coach of this team with the current group that you have and you add some pieces in the draft, you add some in free agency, like this is going to be a playoff team sooner than you think. Absolutely. Like, I think that's as small. Like, I know that that would be a big change to bring him in, but like, I feel like he could win with the pieces that are in place here. Mm -hmm. Quarterback included. I I think he's that good of a coach. And I, I think the bears, if they were able to pull that off, I think we would see a difference. Well, think of it this way. If they end the season with eight wins, right, but they're still at the bottom of the division, the schedule is going to be easy just as it was this year. It's going to be easy next year. Why can't they win 10 games next year if they add more talent? If you won eight games this year, we're all assuming, was everyone just assuming they're not going to win another game? I think they can win the next three games. That's why we've been trying to have a conversation with context and perspective the last two nights. Like, they're going to they're gonna get close to eight wins here. So if they win eight the games this year. The number was seven and a half. Why can't they win ten next year if you add another wide receiver, if you add another solid pass rusher, if you add a more offensive line help, if you add more defense, if you spend your money, like, they can they can definitely and we're not the crazy ones. Mr. They don't have any talent on this roster. David Kaplan has already staked his reputation. Oh. Has already said they're making the playoffs next year. Oh. He said it. Oh, he's all in. He said it. Love it. He's Allen. Love to see it all in. It's Black Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 as we go around the horn with Kevin Zeta. What's happening on the baseball diamond tonight? Well, nothing. It's the off season. Oh. Well, look, come, I, there's got to be something. Well, there's there's got to be some flicker. There's always baseball. There's got to be stove. a little flick. I thought the stove was hot. I little thought things, things were happening. Give me a flick. Thought give me we something. Were, I'll give you a flick stuff. already. Give me a little flick. Give me something. Oh, whoa, whoa. That's on camera. Jack McGrath, we go around the horn. Jack, anything uh, on the hot stove tonight? Anchor McCutcheon signed with the Pirates again. He's back this year. There you go. That's a flick. See, there you go. That's something. 
Andrew McCutcheon. Corey. Is back with the Pirates. Corey. No, not Corey Seager. Corey. Hello. Corey. It'd be very nice if the stove were to heat up. Before the holidays, I can't think of a bell. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. (laughs) ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. It's true. Corey and Niles, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Corey? Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Corey. We're We're good, good. Corey. What's up, man? Hey, you know, lifelong Bears fan, I I get tired of hearing these guys constantly hitting the reset button. You don't want to hit the reset button anymore? No, no. You know, I, I get tired of hearing them hit the reset button or seeing them hit the reset button and... I know it's the easiest thing to say for everybody to do is everyone wants Eberflus out, but I have a hard time watching these games on Sundays and seeing Eberflus is the problem when the defense is playing well and we desperately need an offense. To me, it seems like the most obvious comparison for Justin Fields is Lamar Jackson. And where is Greg Roman? Like, I listen to stuff all the time. I don't hear anybody mention this guy. And to me, if you want an offensive coordinator that's shown you that he can do it, he's done it in the past, that should be high on the the Bears' radar. I mean, he is the guy that they fired. And thanks for the call, Corey. I I would say the problem with that is that Baltimore's offense really took off this year when they hired Todd Munkin to be their offensive coordinator. And he has had a lot of success, and now he's with the Ravens, and the Ravens' offense is out of this world. And and so that that's where, you know, Baltimore and San Francisco are on a collision course, not only for this upcoming week. Uh, on Christmas night, they face off against each other, and it's going to be a fantastic football game. Hopefully. But also, they're on a collision course for the Super Bowl right now. Those two teams are by far the two best teams in the NFL. Todd Munkin, as offensive coordinator, has made a big difference for Lamar Jackson. And you and I have gone back and forth about this. I disagree that it's a complete reset because... Even if you fire Eberflus, and even if you get rid of Fields, we just went through it six minutes ago. All the pieces that are in place, that this is not a complete reset. Like, if you bring in the right, if you decide to fire Eberflus, and Harbaugh is available, and says, I want the Bears job, and you go, okay, come in. And he's like, I want this quarterback. The pieces are in place. You have, since, they're a top five defense since Montez Sweat got here. You have, as of right now, you have a top five defense. The, you have a number one wide receiver. You have an offensive line. You need a center. You have the, the, the foundation is now there. You need to add another pass rusher. You need to add a three technique. You have the line. The linebackers are set. Like you've got, this isn't a complete teardown again. This is year two and change of the rebuild. Like it's not a complete, all right, well, we're going to dump all this dead money and we're going to reset everything and we're going to try to tank. No, the pieces are there. Okay, from Sunday's game against the Browns, I have listed off here one through four. Mm -hmm. Those to blame for the offensive struggles on Sunday. Okay. I want you to guess and tell me what I wrote down. I have one through four who to blame for the offensive struggles on Sunday against the Browns. All right. Number Number one. Number one, wide receivers. 
I have their wide receivers at number two. Okay. Uh, Getze. I have the offensive coordinator at three. The offensive line. The offensive line at number one. And then fields at four. Quarterback four. Yeah. Is, I agree with you. Am I, you, you agree with no, that? No, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So against the Browns, to me, watching the game, the offensive line was number one to blame for the fault of the offense. Mm-hmm. Number two would be the receivers because there were plays that were made by the offensive line and the quarterback. Receivers dropped open balls. Yep. The offensive coordinator, those, those short yardage plays. On Sunday morning, we were here hosting our pre-pre-show before the network pre-game show with Lance, Dion, Sylvie here on ESPN 1000. What was I yelling about on Sunday morning? Push forward. Go forward. Move forward. forward. And in short yardage plays, Getze once again is dialing up crap behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. Once again, mm-hmm. push forward. Yep. And then the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback could play better, but out of the four options I gave to blame, he was last on my list. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't hold the... I thought you would disagree with that. I no, thought no, no, that no. you would you would think that Fields would be higher up. No, no, no. And because, same with Getsy. No, because I think that when you look at, you know, people in, in the Twitch chat, you can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000 Chicago saying the, the running backs were bad. Well, whose fault is that? Yeah, the running backs were bad. I agree. Whose fault is that? I agree the running backs were bad. Whose fault is that? It was on the running backs. Is it on the offensive line for not getting, for not, you know, creating space? Well, no, but their their pass blocking was terrible. Their pass blocking was terrible, but they also weren't creating any space for the running backs to run through. We've seen when they are, they are a top five rushing team in the NFL. And the reason is because the offensive line has been able to create space for the running backs. That's why they're a top five rushing team in the NFL. And, when you can't do that against a very good defensive front in the uh, in the Cleveland Browns, your offense sputters, and that's exactly what they did. And so, no, I did Justin Field drop those passes? No, did he? Was he not blocking, trying to get a, a first down? No, he got tripped up and couldn't make it because Mooney whiffed on a block. Like that's the problem. Was he good enough for them to win? No, he absolutely was not. He's not absolved of the loss. He was still not good enough for them to win. He kept them in the game, but he was still not good enough to win the game for them. Rich in Norland Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Rich? Hey, what's going on, guys? So my thoughts are, I think that Justin Fields, especially in the last four or so games, has definitely improved. Is he where we want him to be? By no means. But moving forward, if you look at who's number two, who, who is number two at this point? In the draft next year, number two is what, New England? Yeah, mm-hmm. at the moment, yep. Okay, so if you keep Fields, you end up paying him a little bit of money. Understandable. We got the money to do that. We need to. But you trade New England, who definitely needs a quarterback, and they're going to give up some of their draft capital in order to get to that number one pick because Caleb Williams, to them, is their guy. But then... At number two, you take Marvin Harrison Jr. That way, you have two very, very, very good offensive weapons. Whatever you pick up from them is a bonus. Then you have your draft pick. You get an offensive lineman because that's what you need. I think the reason that Poles did not or is not going to do what I would like him to do this year, but I think he did it because Montez Sweat was the best option looking at what they have this year and the draft class for defensive 
ends and rushers, I don't think they have what he was looking for. So he is going to look for an offensive lineman. He's going to look for a wide receiver. And then beyond that, hey, you know what, let's let's make it happen. I, let me hear your thoughts on that. All right, Rich, thanks for the phone call. Do you think uh, they've decided that they're going to bring Fields back and that these are the things that they can do with the draft, knowing that teams behind them need a quarterback? that maybe Ryan Poles back-to-back years can massage this, get the most out of teams who are desperate when he knows that, hey, we can get it done with fields. Let's take advantage of these other teams. I don't think that it would be with the Patriots because I feel like the Patriots would be okay with Drake May. Like, I feel like they would be fine. If they end up 1-2, like, I feel like they'd be okay taking whoever, whether it's Caleb or Drake May. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you're going to trade, it's going to be with four, depending on where the Cardinals end up. Like, if the Cardinals end up two, you might be able to trade with uh, with New England because then they can move up. But I feel like you might have to move back to four or five if you're going to, in which case Marvin Harrison Jr. probably isn't going to be available. Um, but I think that... I don't know. I think you. I. I think I still don't. I can't get behind drafting a lineman in in the first round. I want a defensive lineman, not an offensive lineman. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if you pick in the top ten, I would like a wide receiver. Yeah, ideally Harrison Jr. But neighbors is I have no problem with them. Or Dunze from Washington. He's, he's fantastic. They're both great. So I think what you need to do is watching the game last night, watching Seattle. They've got three legitimate wide receivers, Metcalf, Lockett, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? And Jigba made the catch at the end to win the game. Mm -hmm. But like DK Metcalf was making incredible plays throughout the fourth quarter and in that contest. So I I think that, you know, they, he was limited and I know they showed the graphic, like usually he just crushes the Eagles, but he had those big catches at the end to really solidify the game for the Seahawks. I need more wide receiver help. So I'm drafting someone, a wide receiver, early because that's an absolute need. And then whatever you can get with the picks, I, I, I think it would be fantastic if you're moving out of one, and that's assuming you have your quarterback. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Damien, on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Damien? What's going on, man? Well, you know, Tuesday night, we're having fun here on the show. All right, listen here. Now, everybody, we're, we're so close, but nobody's giving the right answer. The right answer is you take the best player on the board, who's going to have to be a quarterback. And if you look around, it's a shortage of quarterback. Everybody's getting hurt. They're down to their third string. Just take another quarterback. And then keep, keep the quarterback. And then have two you quarterbacks? Keep, you, I like yes. it. I like Why it. Why not? What if you could Why do? Not? What if you could do both? I like it. That, that's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like you could, you can trade back and still take. You could trade back to three or four no. and still take take Bo Nix or no, no. We want Jane the best. Daniels. We're gonna take the, the best. best. How are you? Sh- on the board. How are you sure? Like how are you sure which one's Martin. the best? How are you sure which one's the best though? Well, you only get one pick. Well, you you let Paul's pick that. That's his job. Okay. The best player on the board. If it's Caleb, take Caleb. If it's Marvin, take Marvin. 
We keep Justin. All right. I honestly, Damien, I don't think it's that crazy of an idea. I still think that the, if you're going best player Thank and you, you have the, the number call, one pick, the surefire prospect that I will, without a doubt, say that I is Marvin is, is draft Marvin Harrison Jr. first. I was trying to convince you of that last night. We I didn't. That th- I didn't discussion. say no. Did I no, say I no? I'm, I'm saying it, it would be tough to pass on Marvin Harrison Jr. because I think he is a surefire Hall of Fame yeah. prospect. And so you know, I here's what made me think of it. I was watching. Did you see the new 30 for 30 about the 1997 Heisman class? Not yet. You've told me to watch it multiple times. I have not watched it. It's really good. It's all made up of archival footage. So Mm -hmm. there's no like interviews from today. It's all stuff that took place in 1997. It's good. It's only an hour long. Uh, It's and it's about if you're unfamiliar, that Heisman race was between Peyton Manning as a senior at Tennessee, Charles Woodson at Michigan, Mm -hmm. Randy Moss, who was playing. Uh, at uh, Marshall, mm-hmm. and then the fourth candidate was Ryan Leaf, who was quarterback for Washington State. Yeah, and you watch it, and all along they're discussing these guys, and obviously, in hindsight, three of the four became Hall of Fame players in the National Football League, mm-hmm. and you could argue that two or three of those Hall of Famers are in the combo for like the best at their position ever. Yeah. Peyton is in the conversation as best quarterback Randy ever. Moss. Randy Moss is in the conversation, best wide receiver ever. And you could probably make an argument that Charles Woodson, as far as a defensive back, because remember at the end of his career, he turned into a safety yeah. and still had productive, great years as mm-hmm. a safety. Oh, yeah. Like Charles Woodson, as far as a corner size safety, one of the best ever. And Ryan Leaf was a bust, yeah. a complete bust. Absolutely. Was awful. Mm hmm. And I remember I'm watching the documentary and I'm thinking about this year and I'm thinking about can't miss prospects and got the number one pick. Mm -hmm. And like Marvin Harrison was at the Heisman ceremony. Yeah. He didn't win it. He's a can't miss guy. Look, I'm not. He's can't miss. I, 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 I don't know if I would draft him first just because the problem is you can there's there's so many quarterbacks in this draft and people want them like GMs are going to give you a haul for that number one pick and because of that I can say don't take him first I'm fine with a guy like Malik Neighbors or Odunze or whoever right Be- just because of what you can get for the number one pick like you can say well, you could take Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. He's going to be great, awesome. You could take Malik Neighbors, who could end up, who's still going to be a number one wide receiver. You've got, you know, a, a great run with him. He might not be a Hall of Famer. He could just be a great wide receiver. But also, because of you getting Malik Neighbors, you get a number one pick in 2025. You get your second round pick back that you traded from Montez Sweat. You maybe get an extra third or fourth thrown in there too. Like you can get. It's not just saying. I like Malik Neighbors over Marvin Harrison Jr. It's saying I like Malik Neighbors and a boatload of picks instead of Marvin Harrison Jr. Antoine in Oklahoma, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? We're good, what's man. Up? What do you think? Man, good, good, man. It's just plain and simple. Just I'm, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. And so, <clears throat> you make the deal for Montez Sweat, right? Then you go out, you get the DJ Moore. And so hitting the reset button at the quarterback is not a guarantee for uh, winning. For winning, you can't continue to waste talent. 
and uh, players uh, years away. So you're asking DJ Moore to sit down and go. You're asking DJ Moore, you came over here. We said you're going to have you with Fields. But no, 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 wait a minute. We're going to get you with another guy that's coming out of college that holds the ball way too long. And we have not, you know, and, and, and he has not shown and lived up to the hype of this year coming to this year, right? And then you're asking Montez Sweat, hey, yo, bro, how many good years you got left in you? You want to stick around till you're 33, then we have to pay you again another contract and you didn't really do nothing for us, and we just paid Cole Komet. My, uh, my thing of it is is to build it all the way out and we have the San Francisco effect on it, the multiplier. Whoever's back there, it doesn't matter, but as long as we have a good team. Let me know what you guys think. Yeah, it's a, that's a certain way that they, they could absolutely go that direction. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's pretty tough to do what San Francisco's doing. I think you do have to upgrade the quarterback position, whether it be fields getting better or finding someone to be that guy. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to take steps backwards, though, and that's why I'm hesitant to just suggest wipe out the coaching staff, get rid of the quarterback, start again. I'm sick of that. I want to see winning. I want to see them move this forward. Let's go to Keyshawn in Virginia Beach listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Keyshawn? Hey, so... Despite what you just said, I think we need to go ahead and make the change at, at coach and at quarterback. And, and there's a few reasons why why I think that. And then I have a name in mind as well. Sure. Um, nobody that hasn't been talked about before. But me personally, I want Eric the enemy. All right. With one caveat, unless polls with his experience and, and his insider knowledge, unless he thinks that Eric the enemy is not head coach material, I want Eric the enemy for a few reasons. Number one, he's been in a, in a winning uh, situation. Number two, I believe that more, now more than ever, and everybody already knows this, it's not, it's not some big aha no type of moment. This is a quarterback league. And although you can win with a defensive head coach, I think having an offensive head coach to ride it out with that quarterback makes the all the sense in the world for the simple fact that if you have success, that offensive coordinator is going, is going to be gone and you're going to have carousel that offensive coordinator. Whereas if you have that offensive head coach and it's his system, regardless of who the offensive coordinator is, it's still his system. So th- there's, there's that. And then number three, I believe that Eric Bieniemy, with his experience with Mahomes and just what he has shown to be able to do in Washington with that mess of a team, um, offensively, he can pull himself out of the quarterback. Now, if the enemy came and said, I want Justin, okay, cool. If the enemy came and said, I want Caleb or whatever, I think that makes the most sense. Then you get into the whole argument of you're resetting the, the quarterback contract. You know, you got five years. In my opinion, the best chance for any franchise to win a championship is before you pay that quarterback. So that resets that market. It gives us a, a lot more flexibility to pay these guys like the Jalen Johnsons and, and so on and so and so on. Add another defensive end, add other players um, through free agency. It just makes all the sense in the world to me. I'll hang up a list. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate you, Keyshawn. I, I'd say my question would be because polls came from Kansas City and Biennemi wasn't a finalist for the job the first go around, mm-hmm. just two years ago that Iberflus was hired. The enemy was there in Kansas City. He yep. was looking for head coaching jobs. Like, why wasn't he a candidate then? Well, and here's the other thing, right? Like, I know there's still three games left, but Sam Howell has a lot of yards, right? He's got 3,500 yards, 
3,568 yards. He has 19 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Right now, Fields has 14 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. Okay? And he's played in 5 less games. Okay? He also has 59 sacks. All right? And I know that's a lot of the offensive line and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of sacks, dude. And so... Like, yes, I get Biennemi comes from a... So did Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy came from the Chiefs, too. Well, how did that look? All right? Yeah. So I, I'm i out on Eric Biennemi. I, I think that there are other coaching candidates out there. I still am of the philosophy of I don't want a first-time head coach. I agree with you on that. And, and Biennemi fits into that, uh, that category of first-time head coach. We go to Mo in New York. You're uh-huh. on ESPN 1000. Hi, What's Mo? up, Mo? Bye, guys. Um, so I'm, I can't talk about the coaching QB anymore, but I wanted to talk about the center position. Sure. I was wondering if you guys think it's better to draft a center, or do you think because the rest of the line is so young that we should maybe find someone who's just out of their rookie deal looking to get paid that can sort of work with a young QB and also lead the other guys? And then at wide receiver, I think we got a one. I think Tyler Scott's a three. I think we all know Mooney's gone after running his mouth this week. So to find a number two, maybe the guys out of Florida State. And then finally, um, the special teams, Cairo Santos is getting older. He's obviously still doing a good job. But what, do you you know do you draft a kicker late because it's sort of become this weird thing that's worked lately? Or do you find another kicker because I don't want another – sort of guy who, you know, like uh, that's just rotating on other teams and kind of stuff like that. And then, yeah, that's what I think. What do you guys think? Yeah, thanks for the call, Mo. I, I'd say uh, for the center position, if there's someone out there on the market, you have the money. I don't I don't have a problem spending some money at center and bringing someone in to solidify the offensive line. I have no problem with that. I agree with you, but you in that situation, to me, you probably have to overpay for somebody because it's rare that teams just let good free agents go, right? You know, like, I think you're probably yeah. going to have to draft one unless you overpay for one because if you have a good center, you're going to keep that because you, you probably have a good offensive line, you probably have a good quarterback, and you're going to try to keep that center so you have that exchange be there because quarterbacks and centers is, is the most important part of that exchange. So you need to keep that intact. So unless you're going to throw a ton of money, and then we're talking about polls overpaying for guys, right? So I think you're, you might end up drafting a center. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Do you have any zoo news? I do have some zoo news. All right, we'll go uh, get some zoo news coming up next. This is Chicago's home for sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Thank you to Jack McGrath and to Kevin Zipak for producing tonight's show. Black and Abdallah. We'll return tomorrow night from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. And Kevin Zipak has baseball news and notes. We already ran through all of it. You can't do this to me you three gotta, times. You got to give me new notes, no. man. The stove no. is supposed to be hot. It's supposed no. to be. It's It's been a lukewarm stove. No. Mm. I hear a lot about the hot stove, though. It's it's all people talk about. 
yet nothing happens. I do love hearing this, though. This makes me so nostalgic for Feels my youth, good, right? my lost youth. Yeah. 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 My favorite show on TV as a kid. It would be. Going, going, gone. The little graphic, and then they show the home run numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you guys like this? What? Why are you like this? What do you mean? Why are we? Why are what? you guys like this? Like what, what are we doing? You're mocking the uh, national pastime. No, we're trying to get, we're no, trying we're, to we're get drumming up entertainment and, and interest in baseball. We're asking for notes on the stove of the hotness. Yeah, we want updates. I don't have any updates. I we McCutcheon, Jeter Downs. <laughs> Just do what Morosi does and make it up. Okay, oh okay. yes, Abdallah. Okay, I love that. <laughs> All right, do you have Zoo News? I do. Well, hello, Mr. Lion. Here's the latest edition of the Zoo News. Uh, what do you have over there? I'm glad you asked, Chris. We go down <laughs> under. A wallaby was found safe after an Australian zoo escape. Officials at the Australia Zoo say a red-necked wallaby named Doggle <laughs> was safely returned to the facility after escaping during a storm days earlier. He ran, he ran out of a, of a drain. Keep doing the voice. Officials at the Beerwa Queensland Zoo say that during a thunderstorm on Friday night led to a fence being damaged in the Rue Haven enclosure and Doggle was reported missing <laughs> to police by zookeeper Saturday morning. Luke Reevely, the general manager at the zoo, said officials used cameras and thermal drones to search for Doggle and found the marsupial appeared to be sticking close to the zoo in nearby wilderness areas. Rivley said zookeepers were able to coax Doggle into returning to the facility through a back gate at about 4 a.m. Monday morning. We're glad that Doggle returned safely to the wallaby enclosure. Did you call it a redneck wallaby? It's what it's called. Red-necked wallaby named Doggle. Doggle. Did it hunt and drive a pickup truck? That's racist against whites. I mean, what are you whites. doing there? What are you doing, Kevin? Doggle. Doggle. D-O-U-G-L-E. Doggle. Doggle the wallaby. That's not a bad accent. Thank you. That's yeah. pretty good. That's not a knife. That's not a knife. The key is, like, you got to get one word down. And when I said wallaby, wallaby. it was just it. That was it. You're in. You're in I'm it. in. I'm locked in. That's why I said keep going. <laughs> All right. Chris, so, and that's what's new. Oh, there you go. At the zoo. At the zoo. Not gonna lie, that might be the best zoo news stories uh, we've ever had. <laughs> well, I wonder what's new at the zoo, baby. We need more zoo news out of Australia. <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, Duggle. Poor Duggle. guy. Duggle. What kind of a name is Duggle? I don't know. They're down under. Under. <laughs> That's outstanding. Say it properly. Under. 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 Down under. Down under. The rednecked wallaby. Wallaby. He was found in some car hot, (laughs) driving a pickup, and had a big old knife. A big old knife. (laughs) All right. Well, that's fantastic. That's great. That's what is new at the zoo. Uh, Tomorrow night on the show, it's a very special Black and Abdallah. As, you say uh, that like we're doing a telethon. Kind of. Uh, It will be the last Black and Abdallah show. Uh, for the year 2023. Aww. And we will have our annual time capsule podcast that we uh, conduct on the air. Yeah. In the 7 o'clock hours. So if you have something that you would place in our time capsule for the year 2023, we'll take your calls tomorrow night at 7 mm-hmm. right here on ESPN 1000. We used to do it as a podcast. Yeah. 
And uh, now we just do it on the show. Anything, pop culture, sports, anything that, that personified the year 2023, put into the time capsule. Call us up tomorrow. It's kind of like an all calls welcome. All, yeah. all items are welcome. Yeah, we celebrate the year 2023, and we'll do that tomorrow night. Uh, we'll start the show at 6, and then the time capsule we'll have at 7. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Don't Chicago. Go. Chicago's home for sports. Wallaby.